We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. We are live in the Blue Wire studio. It is great to be here. I'm with Matt and Theo in person, my two favorite co-hosts of all time. We're going to talk about the NFL draft, winners, losers. We have a lot to touch on. Before we get into that, Matt, Theo, how are you guys doing today? We are in Las Vegas. We are. This is the first time I've been in this studio that Blue Wire has built, and... Uh, we were here before when it was under construction, and I love recording actually physically with you guys instead of over Zoom. <laughs> so it's always good to like be able to like read some body language. And Zero stuff latency. Like that. Zero latency. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, dude, it's been a long day, um, and there's a lot you know that we've had to do, but I'm really excited to record in here. Speaking of long days, Matt, would you care to tell people how much sleep we're running on right now? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, because we had our <laughs> flights leave at like you know, i had my flight leave at 7 a.m mine left at 5 30 a.m and then we came here and since we went back in time zones we're like three hours behind on top of that so i am currently 30 hours <laughs> without sleep and Matt, i don't know it's i don't a know Kanye reference <laughs> 30, 30 hours. <laughs> um just remind everyone subscribe to the youtube channel we did have our live stream that went incredibly well i thought um we gained i, I mean an incredible amount of subs, so thank you all for that. But you know, we're here and we're in person, so we do appreciate you guys subscribing to the channel. Let's talk about some football, though. Let's talk Let's about some it. football. That's what we're here for. I think right off the top, if we just want to go winners, like who we think had the first best round draft. of the NFL draft happened. First round of the NFL draft happened. Matt, who do you think had the best draft? I am a little biased, um, <laughs> so I am going to have to say the Jets because they picked Gardner and Garrett Wilson. Um, but I also think that's a valid and? answer. And uh, Johnson, right? Yeah, Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine yeah, Johnson. Traded back up. Um, and I think that's a valid answer, uh, regardless of my biases being pro Gardner and pro Garrett Wilson, because I think they can very reasonably be your cornerback one and your wide receiver one. And your edge rusher. And, and your, your edge, edge rusher. rusher. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what you're getting. I, th I think with them, it's like, you know, you look at how Zach Wilson plays, and he likes to, you know, we say with Ohio State, what was their big problem when they would lose games? <laughs> they wouldn't give Garrett Wilson enough yeah. chances to go That's, out there and make a play. And I think Zach Wilson's going to go and at least put the yes. ball where Garrett Wilson can go get it, which is a very... This is, this is like two problems being solved at the same time. When Ohio State lost to Michigan, we were watching this game and we're over here like, please give Garrett 
<laughs> please give Garrett Wilson the football. And then we're watching, you know, Zach Wilson in college and all Zach Wilson's success comes from just like incredible trust in his receivers to go make plays for him. And that's like one thing that he did not have last year. You know, Elijah Moore was hurt and like Corey Davis is like fine, but he's not, he's not that elite number one in the same way that Garrett Wilson is. And the other thing about the Jets draft is not only did they get all three of those guys, but they very easily could have said, we need to take Jermaine Johnson at 10. And they made a good call not doing that, and he fell, and they were able to trade back up and get him. And if they had taken him at 10, which I'm, I'm willing to bet they considered, yeah. they would have missed out on Wilson. Yes. Yeah. Jermaine Johnson was a guy who I mocked at four because it sounded like they liked him more than Thibodeau. The beat reporters were saying they love him. They worked with him at the Senior Bowl, and at the Senior Bowl, he was the best player out there is what it sounded like. And watching the tape, I, I tend to agree that he did blow it up. So, yeah, I assume they did really love him. And when they traded up, it was clearly obvious that that's the guy they were going for. Uh, his slide was a, a little surprising because the media was real high on him. When I watched Jermaine Johnson, I didn't love it. Um, I had a second round grade on him. So the fact that he fell, it was surprising just because of what the media was saying. But based on the film, I actually thought that Jermaine Johnson was more of like a later first, early second round guy because he just doesn't win quickly. He's someone that needs a little bit more time to work his way through somebody than someone who's going to win around the edge real quick like Thibodeau can do, and even Aiden Hutchinson. Right. Um, and yeah, that, that's kind of what was my take on him, where it's like, man, the Jets could really make a mistake taking this guy later. But at the, at the spot they got him, he's super powerful. He is good against the run. And I agree, Matt. Um, I'm not the, the world's highest on, on Gardner, I, but I still had him at CB2. And through this pre-draft process, I've, I've, I've grown with him. I've grown with him. <laughs> well, you had, grown you had, on him. I swear to God, you had him at like cornerback five at the no, start. No, I had him at three. I liked Elon more, yes. who was the only corner. Elon. No, he was the, did him M or McGuffey go first? McGuffey went first. Okay, all right. Well, he was still was, a first uh, round pick, so I'm calling a W there. I liked Elon, so I Elon was Elon went to the Bills, right? Yeah, a little yeah bit Kyra Elon went to the Bills at 23. McGuffey went 21 to the Chiefs. So yeah, I think the expectations for the Jets is an interesting question as well, because yes, this is a loaded AFC and you wouldn't think of them as contenders, but man, you've got the franchise quarterback, you've invested in the offensive line, you've got the wide receiver one and some good depth pieces there with Elijah Moore and um, Corey Davis. You've got the defense now, you've got a good good secondary, man. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Three corners that you hope can lock it down, two edge rushers, new edge rushers coming in with Carl Lawson and now Jermaine Johnson. So no real excuses, right? I mean, this is the year where maybe you don't have to win the division or anything, but I know it's a tough AFC, but you can't just be like, oh, we're, we're other guys are just better. Well, like, it's, it's time. Right. Everyone else is good. We can't do anything. I think, I think what they need to do is, is two things. Zach Wilson has to look like he has seriously gotten better or yeah. good, and they need to be fighting for a winning record. If they're Eight, yes. nine, it's no big deal. Those two things, you're good. Anything less, it's a disappointment. Yeah, no, you can't yes. go, I don't know how many games they won, four. You can't win five, six and have it be like, oh, yay. Yeah. The, the main thing is like Zach Wilson actually has to look like he's worth the number two pick. If that happens, I don't see why they can't win a lot of games. This is the second offseason. Uh, I liked what they did last offseason a lot, except I wasn't high on Zach Wilson. But the rest of the draft, I thought they did a really good right. job. I thought they've done a good job this year. So, yeah, it's, it's been two decent off-seasons in a row for them, and it's time to start winning. Bladen, I know I'm directed. You're the usual point. So. <laughs> no, no, I mean, are you, I see, do you want me to give mine, yeah. my, my, my winner? Or I could give mine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I know you're probably going to take the, uh, the other team that I like. 
I'm, I'm going with Philly. Uh, I, I think Philly did a phenomenal job. And I think this is the second year in a row now where they have just been outstanding in the offseason process. Um, I mean, we talk about, you know, A, Jalen Hurts, who they got, you know, and, you know, for, for a second round quarterback, you usually don't expect this kind of, you know, progression out of him, you know, that we've seen. But then you look at, just looking at this draft, right? They get Jordan Davis at 13, who is your top prospect. Yep. And I think he, I think I had him as like the, my fifth ranked prospect. So to give him at 13, already incredible value. I gave that an A plus. Yeah. Right. Or no, I gave that an A because they had to trade up. They had to trade yeah. back up for that. But then they, <laughs> then they got AJ Brown. And that's, and that's the part where I'm like, oh my gosh, we're looking at a, we're looking at a team that has AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Jordan Davis in the span of two years. Is in that like that's the additions that they've made? And uh, Landon Dickerson, the the center out of Alabama, played yes. pretty well for them last season. Howie Howie Roseman gets a lot of shit. For he does. He what, really does. Fire Howie, fire <laughs> Howie. And the Rager pick was bad. And Eagles fans didn't like the Hertz pick. And our Sage of Whiteside, I believe, is how you pronounce his name. There have been whiffs with the Eagles for sure. Yeah. But man. Get a first rounder for Wentz. The last two drafts in a row, they won a Super Bowl with him as the GM. Kind of sounds like one oh, of the better oh, GMs oh. in the league to me. <laughs> and just just to add that they're gonna, they got an extra first round pick next year. And they got an extra. First and they got an extra first round pick next year. The Eagles are they were way ahead of schedule last year making the playoffs. I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're going to be a contender. Next they would year. be a popular Super Bowl pick if you had a little bit more faith in the yes. QB. I think they would be a Super and, Bowl. And but Hertz is a guy that I, I mean I've always said Hertz always gets better. He always does. Um, this this is the year though that like he has to make that jump. Yeah. Right. It can't just be like you know a little bit here, a little bit there. No, this is the time now that we're you know there's some expectations here. You have the receivers that you need. Your your offensive line's great. You had the number one rushing attack in the league a year ago, right? I mean, you have weapons around you. You have tons of help. Your defense is going to be good. There is no excuse not to A, be a playoff team, and B, to you know, win a playoff game at least. Yeah, I would agree. I thought A.J. Brown is, AJ Brown is fantastic to me as a route runner. They took, they took Traylon Burks, uh, the Titans did, to replace him, who's a similar type of dude, but a lot cheaper. Yes. But the difference between Burks and Brown is Brown is also a high-level route runner. And when you've got that whole package of physicality and what he can do after the catch and his hands, he can just go up straight up and moss you and uh, like very, very complete tier two bordering on tier one wide receiver for him. So yeah, definitely a great draft from the Eagles. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about the A.J. Brown deal yeah. and, and what it means <laughs> Because we have a lot to talk about with the wide receivers as well. Yeah, Hollywood Brown. We'll get into that. Theo, I assume, I won't assume. Yeah. Who, who's the team that you thought had I'm the I'm going with right? the other New York team, the New York Giants. Uh, last year, they traded down with the Bears, and they ended up getting another top 10 pick to go with their top 10 pick they earned for being horrible. <laughs> and Kayvon Thibodeau to the Giants was a fit that I've liked since the beginning. I didn't end up mocking them just because I was trying to read into the tea leaves and the, and the media and trying to get a read on what these guys wanted to do. Seemed like maybe the Giants weren't super interested in Thibodeau, which was disappointing to me because I thought he was a perfect scheme fit for them. And they've just hired Wink Martindale from um, the, the Ravens. And what Wink Martindale likes to do is 
heavy blitz stuff, right? So bring seven, drop two guys. You never know who's coming from where. And what that can do is it can manufacture some, um, some free releases, right? Some unblocked guys. And Thibodeau's the last guy you want <laughs> as your unblocked guy because his first step is so explosive. You know, if it's a little bit of a slower guy, maybe you have a little bit of time to, to make the throw. You're not going to have that with Thibodeau. They're going to be able to man manufacture some great looks for him, and he's going to be able to take advantage while he start learns to use his hands, which he doesn't really do all that much right now. The other thing about his scheme is they drop back a lot. Simulated pressures, I mean, everyone knows it on Madden, right? You get into the double A gap looks, you send some, two guys drop back, you know, right. simulated pressures. Sometimes the guy dropping back is going to be a, a defensive end. And they've got Kayvon Thibodeau, who actually looks quite fluid and athletic in space out there. So he can drop and he can rush. And this is a good spot to get him some good looks while he's kind of refining himself. I loved that pick. Even though there was, I think, no chance the Panthers took him at number six, right? Because they just don't need him. Um, they still took him at number five just because I think they thought that's a scheme fit. We need it. We're not taking the chance of anything. We're just taking him immediately. So. Love that. And then Evan Neal, just a massive man, can play right tackle. You got Andrew Thomas at left tackle. You know, two good tackles. That's good. The, yeah. <laughs> the Giants, I think, are the only team that I gave two A-plus grades to, and it's because they got two players at high-level positions that fill positions of need that were, like, being mocked for months to be the first pick. Yeah. Right. I think both these guys had a lot of noise during the pre-draft process, and if you ignore a lot of that, uh, you could see these guys as, you know, your one and two top prospects. My third, really they were my to. third and fourth, respectively. And my one and two, Jordan Davis and Kyle Hamilton, are probably not guys I would take one and two because I was kind of ignoring positional value. So when it comes to, like, guys I would take high, yeah, they were my one and, they were my one and two, even though I love what Davis does yeah. and I love what Hamilton does. Um, they, they don't quite have the – I'm not a big positional value guy, but, like, taking them number Ooh. one and two overall in the draft is – a little much even for me. So these two, I if I was running all the teams, they might be my number one and number two pick. So Fair it'll enough. be interesting, the Giants' expectations next year, though, because, like, I don't know, Matt, if you have anything to say about that or Blaine, but I look at the corner and the quarterback room and, and the interior of the offensive line. There, there's still a decent amount of holes. It's not like the Jets, where I, I think that they need to be in wild card contention. It's a little... The Giants are, you know... There's only been one quarterback taken so far. And there's a few guys that you could... You know, we, you, you mocked him, Willis, at uh, five yeah. at one point. They could still get Willis. So I think their expectations are still a little up in the air. But I'd say that they're probably still not that high. They need to show promise. Like, every yeah. team needs to show promise. But when you're going into a quarterback that hasn't really, you know, shown that he is going to be a franchise guy going into year four, it's hard to, especially with a first-year head coach, it's hard to expect, like, what, playoffs? yeah. Yeah, this isn't like a Jets where you expect Zach Wilson to to make the leap into one of the better quarterbacks in the league, which is which is what you should expect from mm -hmm. a number two overall pick. The Giants don't really have that. They don't have the the secondary. So I want to talk about Malik Willis a little bit though, because I mean, people thought maybe he would go number two to the to the Detroit Lions. He's not in the first round whatsoever. Uh, really, that's that's a fall that is pretty unprecedented it, a guy who could go to just not it's, the first I think I think was I think it was a decent amount of Twitter noise I like there's just sometimes you can see guys like you know once once Twitter got a hold of like Malik Willis is the guy he is that dude and 
he's going to be the next Josh Allen, and that's the type of quarterback you need to draft. All of a sudden, you know, everyone was going to keep mocking him higher and higher and higher, and it just didn't necessarily mean that NFL teams were thinking like that. And I think, you know, they all did their due diligence on that stuff, but this is one of those takes where maybe you go back to where we were, like, two months ago, six weeks ago. None of these quarterbacks should be taken in the first round, and maybe fans convinced themselves otherwise and maybe teams weren't actually ever changing their mind on that right and i mocked a bunch of the guys who kind of fell jermaine johnson i had a second round grade on um balik willis i had a third round grade on devin lloyd fell later than anybody really thought i had a second round early second round grade on him um and i guess my lesson is sometimes i just gotta trust the tape and i think like Obviously, they didn't fall into second round. It was a lot of those guys were late first round guys. But the fact that still, you know, Devin Lloyd, there is a little bit of a question, I think, about his tackling. And there is maybe a little bit of a question about just how athletic he really is, where he's not like you listen to some of his college coaches talk or the coaches who went against him. You would have thought they were the number one overall pick. You, you would have thought he was the consensus linebacker one on everything. I had Quay Walker above him. I actually had Quay Walker as my linebacker too, above both him and Dean. So when you talk about like the Packers drafting him, sometimes, you know, the tape doesn't lie. And sometimes the media does. And, and <laughs> Malik Willis, you watch his game against Louisiana Lafayette this year. It was horrific. He looked undraftable. So NFL teams see that. They think if this guy's bad, I'm going to get fired. You know, yeah. that's what you think. So especially yeah. that's, that's the thing that I never understood about like the Malik Willis number two hype was the Lions were never in a position to need that, right? No one's on the hot seat there. It's not like, like the Panthers getting mocked Kenny Pickett, I understood, right? Because you're like, okay, Matt rules, his jo- he's done, right? If they don't get a quarterback, he's toast. But like the Lions, they're, they're fine. They're, they're rebuilding. I mean, they, they've been patient to this point. I feel like the fans have been patient. I feel like ownership has been patient. You have no need to make a big splash at quarterback like they that. They really are in a great position with like the mindset of how long this is going to take. I really think they would be a team that'd be beneficial to like at least take a shot on a guy in the second round because you know, a lot of times bad teams have a problem sitting quarterbacks because they're going to be bad. But the Lions, I think if they went through a year with Goff, I think they'd be still significantly better than they were last year, but they could also sit that quarterback and have sort of that guy waiting in the wings and that year of, you know, being able to sit has helped a lot of really good quarterbacks now. Yeah. I'll brief, uh, let's, well, we're talking quarterbacks. Let's briefly mention Kenny Pickett going as the only first round quarterback. Um, I can't remember exactly where I had him. I had like Ritter and then I was like, Pickett is like, I think he'd be like four for me. He's got some issues and I don't think he quite has the physical talents to overcome them when i saw him try to drive throws a lot of the times the wide receivers like they got there but the wide receivers would kind of have to pick it off the ground is one thing that i noticed when he really had to throw a frozen rope it would kind of go down and yeah wide receivers it would get there but again low you kind of see the same thing with mac jones sometimes where it's like yes you would see him really try to drive it and the wide receivers would have to pick it off just barely off the dirt i saw the same thing with pickett um he's someone who's Pocket presence is very jittery. Uh, someone who has played behind bad offensive lines before and, and kind of plays like he still plays behind one. You know, and like, you know what? And the thing is, with the Steelers, he still does. Still does. <laughs> yeah. still and and does. This, is, this is such, you know, you can play behind the bad offensive line. And I get to a point 
yeah. obviously all of this, but you can still look like you have good poise. Yeah. Odds, odds are if you're a first-round draft pick, like you're, you're a top quarterback, you're going to go to a team with a bad offensive line. So him not showing the poise, like, because Sam Darnold used to get ridiculous, oh, his offensive line is terrible excuses right. forever. And it's just like, well, yep. that's true, but also, you know, it can be both. Yeah, we've seen Justin Herbert put up phenomenal seasons with, like his rookie season, his offensive line was garbage. When, and, and Burrow, just when, not saying like Pickett's about to have this bad season behind the, a bad yeah. offensive line, but I do worry a little bit about his pocket presence. I do worry a little bit about, he takes a lot of sacks. I do worry a little bit about his arm strength. I worry a little bit about his hand size. But I said this before, reminds me a little bit of like a discount Joe Burrow. He's got kind of a gamer quality to him where he like the fake slide, for example, where it's just like he thought to do that in that moment, you know? So... Yeah. Again, I, I've been low on Joe Burrow, and Pickett is not as good as Joe Burrow was coming out, obviously. But, I mean, the old prospect with the last year breakout, the small hands, maybe the arm is a little There's weak, a lot of things. Took a lot of sacks. It's like, man, that sounds like Burrow. That sounds like a little discount Burrow. And obviously, Burrow just had a, had a season where he led the Bengals to the Super Bowl. So, and, and he played a pro-level kind of style. Pickett did, I, so. I do think with you know Burrow, you were talking earlier a little bit of how you feel Pickett's anticipation or ability to do that, like throw with anticipation, is shaky. I think that's just like Joe Burrow's biggest strength. Yeah, you know. So I, I do feel, I definitely see like you know I, I watch it. Pickett's better Pickett, at it but. than than Malik Willis, who Howell doesn't really do it. Willis doesn't really do it. Corral can do it, but he doesn't really do it past his first. I'll, I'll, Corral so does not. I he don't read think kind of a he made kind of real throws against in a real offense. Pickett did so. And Ritter's the only other one who I really feel that way about. So it'll be interesting to see if those are the two, the first two guys off the board when it's all said and done. Is like the two guys who actually ran legit offenses. Well, we've been talking about a lot of the draft picks, but I think it's about time we talk about our good friends over at Prize Picks. Ah, yes. You know, where they make daily fantasy easy, and I love this. I know you guys will too. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS operator. And, you know, it, it's, so many players and it's so many stat categories you can't even like fathom you pick two to five players and they're over or under projections it's just you versus the projected numbers you can win 10 times on any entry on any given night and prize picks allows mixed sport entries so for example you could take the over on jason tatum and you can combine it with the under on francisco lindor users that deposit and use our promo code will receive a 100 percent instant deposit match up to 100 just be sure to use the promo code stay hot so don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com use our promo code stay hot or go to your app store and download the prize picks app today again that's the promo code stay hot prize picks is where they make daily fantasy easy do you guys want to talk about wide receivers now because we, there were, there's a lot to say there's a lot receivers. to say about wide receiver no, i mean <laughs> we had the run of of london uh, London went first, which yes. is interesting. It we went London at eight, that. and then it went. Yeah, so the, went, the deal was that, Wilson. The deal was if Jamison Williams didn't go first, <laughs> we killed Theo. <laughs> then he said double or nothing. All right, if he doesn't go second, <laughs> double or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he went. I'm never trusting. I'm never trusting the media again. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you know what? I know more than the beat reporters. <laughs> I do. I had Garrett Wilson as not wide receiver one. I had him as like wide receiver four, bordering on Olave. I actually moved him above Olave at the very end to wide receiver four, but he was wide receiver five for me for a long time. Then I hear all the hype like, oh, he's, he's wide receiver one on so many teams' boards. Okay, I got to move him up. Malik Willis, oh my God, the, the, the 
the Lions have they've got to take him at number two. They're gonna they they're yeah. thinking about it. He's a top ten lock. I move him up. Jermaine Johnson. Oh my God, he, the Jets like him. They could pick him as high as four. I move him up. Um, and yet none of those things were like my scouting was right on them, and none of those things happened. And there's a couple more examples as well. Quay Walker. I we talked about linebackers Quay in one episode. You know, oh everyone's got. Dean and, and Lloyd is the top two. I actually had Chanel, who didn't go in the first round, but I did have Quay Walker above these two, all right? And I mocked him as the first linebacker taken. So it's like, I got to just trust my Theo instincts. Theo is taking his victory lap. Like I, you I'm not even not taking believe. it because I didn't even take, I didn't even take, like I, I was trying to listen to other, just listen. No, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you've said, it's not like, it's not like you it's said not like these, these are undocumented things. Yeah, things you've that I've said never these said. on the podcast. You've said we have text messages of you saying this. Kind of right. Stuff. I so. just got it. I did never. I'm never listening to a beat reporter again. Is I, what I'm, no, I would is think what I'm that Wilson was probably number one on a lot of teams boards. Yeah. And that, you know, sometimes the team that has another guy, number one is maybe just the one who pulls the yes. trigger on a receiver first. Olave, Olave at three was the most surprising to me. Him going Olave, back, I was, Yeah, I was. He's a nice player. He's like really solid, but like to trade up like the Saints did and to trade back into the first round and then to yes. trade up from there, you're kind of looking for a total, a total game changer. To me, that's someone like Wilson. Olave is like just a, a nice, well, here's, solid here's player, the thing, which is not right? bad, but it's like, man. Well, so Wilson was gone at 10, right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so the run of receivers, we didn't really, it, it was Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams. That's three back-to-back -back Ohio State receivers, by hey. the way. Um, and then after that, it was Jahan Dotson at 16. Mm. And then it was Traylon Burks at 18. And that was it. And yes, that was it. That was it. But, uh, but the, big, the big wide receiver moves are the trades. Yes. Right. I mean, the, uh, the Cardinals trade. What are they doing, <laughs> man? You tell me, man. Yeah, what you, are they doing? It's like <laughs> the problem with this trade is is the AJ Brown trade that happened right after the AJ Brown trade is like pretty clearly better, but also with Marquise Brown, like you're going to have to pay him next year on top of the yeah. fact that you gave up, you know, going from a first to a third. Right. Yeah. And that is insane for somebody who was debatably meeting expectations. Yeah. And I like, I like Marquise Brown, you know, as a he's gotten a lot better. The he's defense, not the worst. He has gotten better. Bladen, I know you've made the argument, famously <laughs> made the argument that he's the worst wide receiver. I, 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 just, I just gave Theo this look like. <laughs> <laughs> he's not that anymore, but like for a Christian Kirk replacement, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. It's for the Ravens to take him at 25 where they did and then he kind of underwhelmed, and then they got a higher draft pick for him when a guy like Traylon Burks was on. Oh, I, Imagine, okay, if you're the Cardinals, you have two options, right? You can do that trade, or you could try to trade up to, say, like 12, for example, and you'd have to spend some extra assets on top of your first, but you wouldn't have to pay that receiver for the next five years yeah. serious or, money, and it could be Jamison Williams or who has yes. higher potential. You could pay yes. Christian Kirk. <laughs> and get your first round draft pick. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just better ways. Instead, to now they're getting. This, I mean, this, unless they're going to move on from them after this year, you got no first. You're going to have to pay the guy. It's just yeah. a bonus. It, it is it and is a, the worst of all. Trading outcomes. a first for expiring contract players is rarely ever good. Yeah, especially if they're not a bona fide star. And to me, the only thing that makes sense is Kyler, the, the Oklahoma connection, where they're like, oh my god, Kyler, Kyler's pissed. 
Kyler might want to leave. Let's get him his Oklahoma buddy, his Oklahoma wide receiver one. Let's right. see if we can spark that connection. Maybe like maybe they look at the Bengals and Jamar Chase and yeah. Joe Burrow, and they were like, oh, God, we need to pair. Like, how electric is it when you pair two guys like from their college days? And... And that, maybe that's what they were thinking. I, and they were just like, let's appease Kyler. Let's, let's well, try to put that contract and back together. The but. thing is, is like, it's not on the field. It's not going to be like bad on the field. It's not like they got worse or anything, but it's just bad asset management. Yeah, and doing agree. stuff like that. And Kime uh, last year taking, it took, puts Kime under the microscope because it's like Zayvon Collins last year didn't do much his rookie year. Um, some of the free agent acquisitions they made, they got beaten the play. Like, man, it... It doesn't really seem like that Cardinals front office is. What are their expectations? Man, man, you got to think they playoffs. have to win. A, they have I mean, to they, win you, a playoff. You'd have game, to say right? they're better than they were last year, right? And last year they got to the playoffs. They got beat horribly by the eventual Super Bowl champions. But you got to get better every year. You got a quarterback on a rookie con. This is the time, man. You got a star quarterback on, on a rookie, rookie contract, deal and you're like- wasting it. So they they did the worst by by a considerable margin in my eyes. Um, one of the, yeah, one of the, I, one of the worst moves of the whole offseason, in my opinion. So, but definitely. it's very interesting, like all these wide receivers moving: AJ Brown, Hollywood, yes. Hill, Adams. Well, I think it's interesting. We talk about like, oh, maybe the Cardinals are trying to please Kyler Murray, uh, and then we saw what Lamar was tweeting. Yeah, right, dude. yeah. He Lamar's was, pissed off now, and even <laughs> even when the and the Ravens outside of you know like, okay, like Marquise Brown, I get it. Like now. They don't have that guy to take the top off the defense, yeah. and that is very important. But they had a good draft. They had a they had a great draft. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who they were. <laughs> <laughs> Some people waving at us through the glass. And even like you know, Lamar tweeted out when um, Linderbaum got picked. He's like lame or whatever. He said WTF. And then oh, later yeah. he's like, I'm not talking about the center, y'all. But it's like weird to say what the fuck right after. Right after. Right after the pick. Yeah, like, I mean, but okay. Maybe he's just like the still Ravens, in shock and his bad timing. Lam- but like, Lamar, man, like, okay, let's say Lamar is mad. What are you mad about? Right? You got like, okay. It's may, a friend, may, you know. It's yeah, a maybe personal You don't want to lose Marquise Brown. I get that as like a friend thing. But like, okay, the Ravens came out of this draft with Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton, who... Arguably the best player in the draft. Yeah. That is an A-plus pick in my mind, hands down, because they didn't trade. They stayed. They stayed they at 14. They stayed at 14 and got, and got Kyle Hamilton, bro. And then and then they got back in and took uh, um, they Linderbaum. got back in. And Linderbaum, Linderbaum yeah. who, I, who I thought was the best interior offensive lineman yeah. in this draft. Super athletic. It's just like, I, I don't know. I feel like this is a, this is a run first team. You know, they're getting J.K. Dobbins back. You could argue they got two blue chips. Yeah, yeah so it's just like uh, I don't know, Lamar. Lamar, I'm sure they'll talk it over with him, and and you know maybe they'll I, find some other guy. And if they trade, there's still a lot of receiver I mean, if they, options. If, obviously, if, yeah. if our company oh, traded one of you guys, <laughs> I was, was going to say the same. <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like if Bladen gets traded off the pod, I'm going to be upset. Hey, no matter hey, what, what the, we what get, what the hell? <laughs> so it's it is what, what it is. What, what would you have to get back from oh, me? At to least not... a couple of firsts. At least a couple of firsts. Maybe. Couple of firsts and a former player, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I get it from Lamar. I thought like it was a little immature, but I, I don't think it's like that crazy. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. And I just think it's interesting. It just goes to show how people value wide receivers and teams value wide receivers in this league right now. You've seen all these trades. It's it's the DeAndre Hopkins deal screwed everything up, where all of a sudden. 
it's do or die. You got to pay wide receivers at least, at least, at least $25 million. And it seems like there's no one really knows what to think about that. Half the teams are like, no way. They're not worth that much. Half the teams I are can, like, yes, please. Other teams are like, oh, yeah, we'll these, the these are the most. Do it, and sure. it makes sense because like, if you look at like maybe, you know, a pro football focus and look at their positional value charts, they've got wide receivers right there at the very top. So any team that kind of subscribes to that mentality is probably like, oh, oh yeah. And then maybe some who are more old school are like, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Receiver. Yeah. yeah. Receiver. You know, the, what, about Jordan, the, what about Jordan Davis, damn it? But <laughs> although, <laughs> here we go. The Eagles doing both. But the Eagles the one other thing both. that I think is, is interesting is that uh Debo didn't get traded. Yeah. Yeah. So like we were I think we I can guess say that, was kind the, of, that was the big name that was expected. That to was get the traded. guy that was probably the number one guy you would have thought. We were talking to a connection to the Eagles. And he said that, or she was talking to Roseman, and Howie Roseman said that Debo was too expensive. I think I could say that. Well, but, and then it's like, okay, if Debo was too expensive for them and AJ Brown wasn't, the 49ers are asking a, sh- a hell of They're a asking for two firsts. Yeah. Essentially, they're probably asking for two firsts. And Debo's probably asking for even more than even more AJ's money. Saying. And it's just like, yeah, AJ. Something has to, if that's the case, something has to give. He's either going to not play or he's going to go back to the 49ers and I think I mean I'm sure the I'm sure the 49ers would be welcome to have him back but if you're gonna be like I'm not playing for this team publicly it's like it's a little yeah the bridge is a little burned oh yeah absolutely so at least lit the match something else to watch yeah so I think that was definitely definitely super interesting um Debo probably like we said a couple podcasts ago I my gut feeling is he didn't get traded and and tonight he didn't get traded and uh yeah so he's probably not getting traded (laughs) Yeah, but you know, we talk about value, and uh, Theo, I, w- I would like you to talk about a new oh, valuable man. asset that we have here at Stay Hot. Yes, Manscaped. Support for Stay Hot is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are pre- precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate man- men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping uh, with the code STAYHOT, all caps, one word, no numbers, at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that is about 8 million balls. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0, this trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Ever? Ever. And you wouldn't say that lightly. I, I don't say that lightly. <laughs> Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Accidents. Oh, my God, it's late. Thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, the Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. Going more low-key for the rest of this. I, I don't have the energy. Because this <laughs> trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good but want to take your grooming game to even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner 
will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will be thanking you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Stay Hot. I know everyone's thinking, like, that's a lot of things. Like, it's got to cost a fortune. And, you know, first of all, it doesn't. It Second doesn't. of all, it's worth it. Third of all, we're giving you 20% off because Great. we love you and we're nice like that. All right. Well, we can't talk about every single team in this draft. Uh, the podcast would go on as long as the draft did, which is too long. It's <laughs> too long. You know what? Can I, can I say something about the draft? They, they, they will milk the hell out of, like, every second. The pick, yeah. will, the pick will be in for longer than like the teams have on the clock to make the pick. Right. Why is, why is that a thing? The, oh my, the, the speech that Tony Gonzalez gave with Austin Eckler was the worst moment of my life. And they're doing it on purpose. And I they get up there, oh, we're about to give you the pick. Just kidding. No, we're going to go talk for <laughs> a million. I don't even know what they were talking about. Something about yeah. the Chargers? I don't care. And it wasn't, it wasn't the Chargers. And all that to draft Trevor Penning? <laughs> At least draft someone good. <laughs> I'm kidding, Trevor. No, I'm not. No, but I'm not. <laughs> he's got he's got the traits. All right, he does, but not someone I would pick there. But not someone I would have picked either. You know, it well, is there, what it is. You're a Packers fan. You're a Panthers fan. No. I'm a Browns fan. The Browns didn't pick today. How did you guys feel about your teams before we get out? Matt, you want to start with the Panthers? Well, they picked you know, first. I, I didn't think we were a contender. Before tonight, and I don't think <laughs> now, we're a contender now. <laughs> and now we're winning the Super Bowl. That's exactly what Matt is saying. I don't know. I think uh, at the top of this draft, people were very high on the tackles. There's three franchise tackles. And while Icky wasn't necessarily my number one, I said I was okay with any of the three of those. They stayed, you know, where they wanted to be. They had their pick of all three, and they got their guy. So I'm going to assume that's a good thing. It's not like they were just like, well, this is the last guy. We might as well. Right. Um, so I think... This is the type of move that maybe doesn't really like change your life going into next season or like your expectations. But next offseason, you're going to be looking back and you're going to be like, if he turns out, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad that I went and got myself, you know, a piece that could be on the team for a decade. And I really do think all three of those guys are good. And his, um, Akanwu's ceiling is, it's high. It's, it's real good. And he could, he's going to have a lot of fun highlights. Yeah, he, um, he's a great, and, and Rule, I mean, when he fired Joe Brady, he was like, well, we didn't run the football enough. So they're going to be pounding the rock this year. You best, best believe that. Yes. And Icky's the best guy to do that with. One underrated, you know, storyline of, of this season is that the, or off season, the Panthers fixed their offensive line. It's, it's, it, it was one of the worst last year. Yeah. And now it's very respectable. They have two good tackles. I think their interior offensive line is going to be entirely different. Uh, Corbett's Bozeman. really underrated. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a respectable line. And it's a multi-year rebuild, but if you can get a, get a you know, seven-win season out of if you could trade for a Garoppolo or a Baker and get a seven-win season out of this, show some, you know, J.C. Horn comes back, looks okay, Aquano um, looks okay, you can maybe see it working. They they were in a really tough spot this offseason, and they still are, but it's not – it wasn't a bad offseason for them. No, it, it really wasn't. I think a lot of people look at it as a bad offseason because they won't end up like 
they there really wasn't a quarterback move for them to make. They're kind of just screwed at that position, yeah. honestly. Um, but I think overall, you look at the moves that they like, you know, which moves they made. I thought it was a lot more good than bad. Whereas last year, even if you just look at, you know, outside of them messing up the quarterback situation, it was a lot more bad than good. Yeah. The Packers. The Packers. That's my team. The team that never drafts a wide receiver in the first round. Guess what they did? They did, didn't, or did, guess what they didn't do? Did they draft a receiver in the first round? They did not. Oh, and honestly, no. here's the thing. Well, where did Burks go? Burks 18. was not. Burks was not on the board. Jahan Dotson was not on the no, board. No one was on the board. Pickens was on the board. Pickens was wasn't on the board. Garrett Wilson wasn't on the board. Garrett J- Jameson Williams wasn't on the board. Uh, Drake London wasn't on the board. Everyone else I've got. Pickens is the second round guy to my to me. He he is. Uh, there's some character concerns too. Um, I like him a decent amount. I think he's got a high high potential, but with everything with him, I didn't think he was like an elite separator. There are some maturity issues, which I don't care that much about, but they're, they're there. Uh, I, I would have been fine with him at 22 or 28, but I, I do have a second round grade on him. Sky Moore, I have a second round grade on. Alec Pierce, I have a second round grade on. So at that point, it's like they have two picks in the second round. If you get one of those guys there, that's like, I'm, I'm totally okay with, with going into, you know, taking two defensive players. Quay Walker, uh, to me, is actually a, a very good linebacker. A uh, guy I had a first-run grade on, a guy I'm not mad that they took. And people are going to be like, cope, coping, you're coping. I'm not coping. I, I mean, <laughs> the next pick, you want to hear me cope. You, like, let, let's wait a little bit. Quay Walker has a perfect linebacker build. Like, he is a big dude, long arms. That's the problem with Dean is, like, he's a little short, and it's, like, it's not your ideal linebacker body type. Quay Walker is, on top of that, really fluid um, in space and, and a good cover guy from what I saw. And the one concern is maybe he wasn't that vocal leader like Dean was on that offense. Like the middle linebacker, you want a guy who's who's the fire of the Quarterback of the defense. The quarterback of the defense. And Quay Walker, one-year starter, and when he was, he was kind of that, you know, the, the second guy to Dean's one, but that's what you're kind of getting with him in, in Green Bay to start out with. You got Devondre Campbell right, and you got Quay right. Walker right next to him. Yeah. Man, going to be tough to run on those guys. And and Devontae Wyatt, who didn't love, he was the guy, Quay Walker, I was totally fine with that pick. I legitimately was totally fine with that pick. Wyatt is a guy who he's had some incidents off the field where he's broken, kicked out doors and, and sound like he's broken into some places and, and caused some trouble in there. Doesn't sound like it was like a Tyreek, like he didn't, I didn't, it doesn't sound like he like hit or, or really like abused anybody in those situations. But man, there are some, some character flags there. He's 24 years old, which is older than you like to see. Uh, by the time he's done with his rookie contract, he's going to be damn near out of his prime, right? 29. Right. So those are, the, I would have liked someone else there. I would have. Um, but as a three tech, he's a he is a good three tech. He is not who I would have picked, but I mean, you're looking at the front seven of Walker, Campbell, Gary, Clark, um, Wyatt, Preston Smith. That's yeah. strong. Then the the in the secondary, Jair, Stokes, who had a really good year, Rasul Douglas, who had a really good year. Yeah. yeah. Then in the secondary, you've got Amos and Savage. That's loaded. That is no weaknesses. Right. So if they can get Sky Moore in the second round, pick uh, Pierce, who we interviewed. I love Pierce. Yes. And he's got good t- t- tape I as really, well. I really think they might end up doing that. That fits. I mean, that, it's, so... it's a, he's such a Packer wide receiver. Even, even Watson, who I'm not super high on, but like 
in the second round, you know, go for it. I yeah. could bet on the trades. Okay, second round, fine. So I'm not that unhappy with what the Packers did tonight. Wyatt is a little bit of a of a reach to me. Um, not not what I would have done, but then I look at that defense and it's like, okay, let's find the weak point. Where are you going to attack? You you can't anywhere. And you got Rodgers, who has made how many second round wide receivers? One of the best in the league. Jordy, Cobb, yes. Devontae Adams, all second round guys. You know, what if he makes another second round guy look like a above average wide receiver? What if the offense is good and you've got that defense? To me, I'm not mad at it. I, I, I'm not mad at it at all. Rodgers has some of the best ball placement ever. Yeah. Um, so you, you, get, you just get him a receiver that can like create some leverage in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Sky. Rod, yeah, Rod, Rodgers will know how to put it on yeah. him. I'm Pickens, not about man. That. If they get Pickens, man, like. Ah, I love Pickens. It's, it's Pickens, Pickens. It's, it's a really sad. I actually didn't see a total meltdown from Green Bay Twitter, although I'm not super involved in, in Green Bay Twitter. I'm kind of more national. <laughs> uh, to me, I, I, I am not mad at this draft. You, I don't think you should. I, and I don't think I should be. I think like wide receiver to a lot of people who don't know how the Packers operate, they'd be like, oh, why wouldn't they take him? Or or maybe someone who hasn't scouted this class like I have in like maybe, I mean, Pickens, you could definitely say it's around one wide receiver and I don't think you're yeah. dumb, but like the, the top tier of wide receivers were off the board. They never take right. wide receivers anyway. It, 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 it wasn't it there is, for him. Right. Like the, the it play wasn't, wasn't there for him. The value wasn't there can't. for him. And honestly, if, if Alave had been there and you'd passed on him, I would. Yeah, yeah. If Burks was there and they passed on him, I better have been like, uh, he was my wide receiver too. But he wasn't yeah. there, you know, and maybe they could have traded up, but they didn't. Yeah. And they put, they stay where they were and they, they got they got some decent value. So yeah, yeah, good value. But uh, Browns didn't do anything. Uh, yep. They have Deshaun Watson. What do you think they'll do tomorrow? What do you, what are you anticipating or what do you want? Maybe that. <sighs> I mean, it's like, okay, yeah, we're at 44 and it's like, would I, would I love for us to get a guy like Pickens? And then our receiving core is Amari Cooper, you know, George Pickens, Donovan Peoples-Jones and um, who's the guy we took last year? Um, Anthony Schwartz. Yes. Anthony Schwartz. Um, I I, I think that's like a nice deep receiving core. I, I would be very happy with that. But the other side of this is the Browns. (laughs) <laughs> the Browns front seven, you. very shaky. It is Miles Garrett, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa and for all I know, you could name someone working at Arby's, and I would. And I would. No, there's 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 a couple of guys yeah. that they I need. Just, yeah, they need some space eaters in there. The the Browns had, I think, a lot of depth on their defensive front last year that they lost. We, we it doesn't look like we're going to bring Clowney back. So realistically, I would like the Browns to get some interior defensive line. Like if they spent the next two or three picks on interior yeah, defensive line. I, I think that wide receiver is probably the popular mock for them, but I'm concerned that they could be the Chargers next year, yeah, which is a team 100%. that great quarterback, you know, solid, solid offensive line, you know, solid offense all around. Yeah. Wide receiver, like it's all there and they had a top two offense. To me, the Browns, even right now without taking a wide receiver, you got Watson, you got the offensive line, you got Chubb, you got Amari Cooper. Like even without a dominant wide receiver too, you can, project that you, to be a you top can, five. You can make yeah. that yeah. work. You can make It'll, that work. It will be a good offense. Right. What right. sunk the Chargers last year is no run defense. Uh, you know, <laughs> corners, you didn't have anyone you really loved. And I guess the, the Browns do have a guy you, you love and are comfortable with on, on wide receiver ones, but Chargers didn't have that. It's like, you can't be the Chargers next year. So that's why I think I agree, Bladen. Yeah. I think that's the good, defensive line good is where we need to go. But... We'll find out what the Browns will do tomorrow. That pretty much wraps things up for us. As always, tons and tons of content coming to win all platforms. We will be back 
We have a lot coming your way, actually. Yeah. Sorry yeah. if we didn't talk about your team in the first round. We don't have time to get to anybody, but I thought we got on a decent amount. Um, and I'm sure I'll be talking about teams. Right, you know, right. That. We, we will have a special bonus Saturday episode coming your way, so make sure you stay tuned for that as well as. We'll talk some more NBA. There yes, too, we're going to talk. The Suns. Shout out Chris Paul. Hey. <laughs> Couldn't watch it tonight because the Suns advanced. Shout, the shout out the 76ers. Advanced. Shout out the 76ers, man. Yeah. Uh, but so we'll be back with tons and tons of content. All over, you know, we got TikToks coming your way. We got YouTube. We got everything. Until next time, from Corn Boy, Bird Boy, and Lemon Boy, we'll catch you all on the flippy flop.